On this episode of Content Sessions, we talk to Josh Shacknow about Visto. Thanks for coming by. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, Visto. Tell me about it. So Visto is a software platform where we create free tools to help skilled workers from around the world navigate uh, immigration. So I'm an immigration lawyer by trade. I primarily focus on helping companies sponsor foreign workers into Canada. And there's a big problem right now, not just in Canada, but around the world. A lot of countries that are growing, their tech industries are booming. They don't have enough domestic talent. So in most countries, you can get skilled workers in two ways. One, the company could sponsor them. Or two, the worker can get status on their own. The process might be a little more difficult, a little bit longer, but they can get status on their own and then hopefully find a job that way. So what we're doing is we're focusing on that second part, helping skilled workers navigate immigration on their own for free. And then once they obtain status, help them find a job with employers from the country they're hoping to move to. Okay, very cool. And how did you get into immigration law if we, go, if we go back to your roots? Yeah, so a little over two years ago, I finished my first law job, we'll call it, out of law school. I was doing a lot of litigation, personal injury stuff that I just wasn't super motivated about. Took a little bit of time off and I had a friend, a good friend who I grew up with, who reached out and said, hey, my dad is an immigration lawyer. He's more senior, kind of semi-retired, but he's looking for a junior to work with. Do you want to work with him? It would be just the two of you. You know, you'd have a lot more freedom, uh, basically run your own business type thing uh, with a mentor. And my friend at the time was working in tech and he was seeing what was happening, which is the tech industry booming, not enough talent. And he said, you guys should look into some of these tech opportunities and, and merge the two. That was a little over two years ago. I still practice. Um, it's, it's been, I've been very lucky. It's the conversion of immigration and tech has been lucrative, let's call it. Yeah. And, uh, after working with a lot of these tech companies, helping them sponsor workers, I caught the bug <laughs> and started thinking about ideas of my own. Sure, sure. So here we are. And so how many, how, so in the couple of years that you've been doing it, how many people did you kind of take from point A to point B? So like, I want to come to, I'm allowed in. Like, if you So I've done like right around 100 applications, uh, most of them being tech workers sponsored by companies. So yeah. a few dozen companies. Some of them will just sponsor one worker. Some of my clients have sponsored more than 10, um, but helped around 100 individuals uh, who are either already here or outside of here get new permits or renew their permits. Got it. Yeah. And where does most of that talent coming from? Most of it, from my, ex from my experience, is India and Brazil. Mm. Uh, th that Those answers may change depending on the the lawyer you're working with sure. so for example one of my very good clients happened to do a lot of recruiting in brazil uh, so a good chunker from brazil uh, india seems to be the most popular for canada amongst almost any type of application so the one that we'll be talking about with visto that we're building tools to help skilled workers navigate what's called express entry it's a skilled worker pr program last year of the hundreds of thousands of invites that were sent out to people all over the world to come through express entry 41 percent of them were indian citizens so that's a that's a significant number yeah got it got it and so now you've taken the experience of you've seen the demand and the need mm -hmm. um and you 
so are you moving away from practicing immigration law and you're moving to this? Are you going to marry the two? How, how are you thinking about that? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I'm, I'm slowly moving away from practicing, looking to maybe uh, part, you know, talking to some other lawyers that may be able to take on my clients, kind of pass them on type thing. The goal with Visto is to build it into ultimately solve the global tech problem, which is let's make it as easy for both sides employees and employers to navigate immigration and recruitment and, and meet their talent needs. Got it. Uh, so, yeah. And so walk me through a little bit about how this product's going to work. So the way it'll work, if you think about like a, like a Credit Karma or a Mint.com, as a user, you can go on the website and use their free tools to get some sort of value, right? Yeah. With Credit Karma, you get a free credit score. And then based on that and your results, They'll point you down certain paths for different credit cards, loans, all that stuff. Vista will be similar in that if you're a skilled worker anywhere in the world, you can go on our website, use our free tools to figure out where you'll be eligible to apply, which countries. We're starting with Canada, but down the road, it'll be any country that has uh, friendly immigration programs for skilled workers. You can use our tools for free to all the way up to actually getting your, P, in this case, PR in Canada, it's called permanent residence. Mm. You can get your PR f- for free, mm. and then we'll match you with all the other services you'll need to make moving easier. So the big one is recruitment, hopefully help you find a job. The other ones are when you're ready to move or when you're thinking of moving, a flight, moving services, internet, bank, cell phone. I mean, the list goes on, right? Help, yep. help find the right school for your kids. Uh, whole bunch of other things depending on uh, on what your needs are got it and so is your is your initial intent for this to be less of a service and more of a community it feels it just feels like to get somebody to come on and kind of stay the course and let you kind of take them down that path it feels like there's a certain relationship that you have with that yeah so there's absolutely i think relationship is a good word Mm -hmm. i think there'll have to be a lot of trust built up the good thing is with immigration if you provide people with good, reliable immigration service, th- there's so much demand for this yeah. in, in the sense that there are a lot of people that would do a lot of work to start their new life here in Canada, right? I've seen it firsthand in the last two years, especially because it, depending on the services they may need, it might not cost them a dollar to use our website. Right. To get permanent residence, five years, you can move to Canada for five years, work for whoever you want, start mm-hmm. your own business, healthcare, uh, schooling for your kids for free depending on what age they are for zero dollars so our hope is especially based on demand for people wanting to immigrate here and how badly the government recognizes that a lot of these skilled workers are needed here Mm. that uh, and based on the quality of our product that all of that will combine to build a lot of trust and motivation for the skilled workers to use our tools awesome okay and so how I, like every new business, every kind of concept like this is a is a, a filling in the gap. So right. are you are you thinking about this as a you're filling in the gap of if I'm someone that wants to come here, the process of trying to figure out how the hell to do it is like, impo- yeah. like really difficult. Are you kind of consolidating the the resources? Because I know like we've looked at, you know, even for getting companies to get grants to do training with us, mm-hmm. we've like. We found this one program 
on the government website. It doesn't really give you the answer of what it is. Mm -hmm. It says you can email this, never got a response back. You can mm -hmm. call this number. The call goes into this infinite loop of you can never get a hold of anybody. Yeah. And we're like, shit, like two months later, we have no idea if this is applicable to us. So, so take that mm. and apply it to the process of having to maybe start your new life, right? right. Where it's a, a, a little bit, it's pretty important. It's pretty personal. Mm. And there's way more steps and a lot more on the line because yeah. if you screw up one step it can throw your whole application away so to answer your question there's a lot of information online the the immigration canada website is okay mm. good luck getting personal help through email or, or sure. the phone there is a lot of content online a lot of it but it's scattered all over the place there's yeah. youtube channels there's blog posts like you can't imagine instagram pages and a lot of it is good don't get me wrong i follow a lot of it to keep an eye on things What's and on, see what yeah. the market is but you can't you can't really go to one place for free have everything custom to your needs mm -hmm. right because a lot of the process is relatively streamlined but if you're bringing kids there's different aspects and then everyone has usually a couple nuanced questions, you know, oh, what do I do for this? In this case, does that apply to me? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. And if you want that help, you can try and find a professional, but you're going to pay a lot for it, right? So the help is out there, but there's people who charge three, four, five, six thousand $6,000 or more mm. uh, for professional immigration help. And the real problem is, there's millions of people out there that are probably eligible that may not even know this opportunity exists. Sure. Or if they do, they check the website, get confused, and never look at it again. Yeah. But maybe if they came to a website like ours, where we really do a lot of hand-holding without asking for a penny up front, yeah. that the greatest goal here is to solve the inefficient, skilled market that exists in the world, right? So we'll take India as an example. There's a lot of people in India, a lot of... so. Our focus first is Indian tech workers to help fill the tech shortage here. There's a high demand in Canada. By 2021, there's going to be a reported 216,000 empty tech jobs that go unfilled. In India, there's millions of software developers that are highly skilled, very good English speakers, good people, lots of experience that would probably love to move here. Right. So something should bring those two sides together yeah. that's what we plan on being yeah i can see that well and it's funny because as a business owner in the marketing space my experience with that is like you just get like 10 emails a week that mm -hmm. have all the same messaging from there and you're just like i i don't know yeah i don't know who to trust yeah <laughs> right? absolutely so many of those pitches i'm sure you get them through for your business as well all linkedin yeah. messages emails yeah yeah interesting and so how are you, hmm, it's very interesting. How are you, do you need to be a practicing lawyer in order to facilitate these things or you can just be a source of information? We could, so a big reason why we don't charge is you're not supposed to unless you're a professional, right? So according to Immigration Canada, uh, you, you know, if you're gonna charge for immigration services, you have to be either a lawyer uh, paralegal, you can be a notary in Quebec and uh, or an immigration consultant. Uh, otherwise, you're not supposed to charge for immigration services. So we won't. We'll provide tools. We'll provide access to professionals if people. Ch so let's say you are well off or you have a very custom case and you do need additional help. Here's our trusted network of lawyers. You can go through them. Here's their fees. You can pay them. 
Got it. So you'll yeah. be you'll be a resource bank for all of those things. And then how are you thinking from the monetization standpoint? Are you are you going to set up a referral network where you guys are taking almost like an affiliate style? Okay, I've referred you to this. This is my kind of finder's fee on those, or is it depending on the service? Yeah, it'll probably depend on the service. I think a lot of it will be referral. I think the the biggest the low hanging fruit is job placement because yeah. uh, we well not we all but a lot of us know what re- what recruiters charge these days mm-hmm. uh, in Canada t- it tends to be between fifteen and twenty five percent of first year salary mm-hmm. uh, and for experienced tech workers that can easily be in the low low six figures no problem yeah so uh, we haven't fully fleshed out that part of the business model yet but there's something there when when we have a database of hopefully thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of, of developers, tech workers from overseas that are near to getting or have their PR and can then match them up with companies to uh, facilitate recruitment. Awesome. And so how, how are you guys planning it from the beginning stamp stages of it? I mean, this is obviously, um, if you're moving away from being a practicing lawyer, this is going to be the new baby, right? Um, and so how are you guys kind of immediately doing it? Are you, are you trying to set it up as like, let's get into it and build a database before we care about that? Or do you have some stuff up front that you're in terms of plans for monetization? Well, th- this month, let's call it September, depending on this mm-hmm. goes live, we'll be, we'll be launching our first tool. Cool. So in the, in the PR process, the permanent residency process, there are multiple steps. So we're starting with our first tool that will help with the first step, which is am I eligible and how high is my score? It's a points-based system. Okay. Um, so a lot of people, even before they get started, even just navigating that is difficult enough. Mm. Am I eligible? Is my score high enough? If my score is too low, what do I do? And as you can imagine, a lot of those are not answered on the ca- Canadian uh, immigration website. Yeah. So we're, we, we've built a comprehensive calculator to help people through that process, determine what their estimated score is, what their score actually is if they have all the information needed what to do if it's too low what the next steps are if it's high enough etc etc we're going to test that with our target demographic which is tech workers located in india mostly Mm -hmm. and see what happens if if the numbers are promising this would hopefully be a fundraising opportunity in which case at that point it's easier to go all in if you have money in the bank Uh, we're a we're a small small founding team working nights and weekends right now nice that's, yeah that's the most fun part <laughs> it doesn't yeah. seem like it now but i've been on that side of it and you'll look back and be like damn that was a great time yeah it's been, it's been fun if you're working yeah. with good people which i am mm. it's fun and so, it doesn't feel like work yet so what is a team comprised of obviously there's some skilled tech worker building this thing out there's there's two tech guys yeah. there's a marketing guy and myself awesome yeah so you could call me the domain expert uh, the CEO and two two tech guys and uh, and a marketing guy. Got it. And are you building this sequence, this scoring system, out of your basically just your experience, your like raw knowledge? Yeah. So I, I I've been lucky from the last two years. I specialize in two applications. This being one of them. Got it. So uh, we basically broke down the calculator and and the math, the back end of it and adjusted certain parts of it because I know where clients tend to get confused, things they might not have when they're going through the calculator, how we can account for that at the end of the score, Mm. created a guide at the end. So basically you go through the calculator totally free at the end, we'll give you your score, 
We'll show you how it compares to what's needed. And then we have an email capture if you want our guide to help with next steps, what to do to increase your score, uh, and to keep you posted as we continue creating more tools. Got it. Okay. And so what's the typical, before we kind of dive into the marketing side, which I'm very, really interested in talking about, but what's the typical process or length of process for this to happen? So I come in, I fill out my guide, and it says, yeah, you know what? You're a really good candidate. I think you're going to hit it. So what's that, what's that process and that timeline from there? How does that work? Yeah, so it, the process is a long one. It's not overly difficult, it's mostly processing time. Right. So from start to finish, you're looking at about six months until you have your approved PR application, which is actually a gold standard across the world. Yeah. Uh, so Canada's kind of one of the immigration leaders in the sense that you can, have a, you can have permanent residency in Canada in around six months if you're eligible, which is pretty cool and, and needed. So you go through the calculator, if you have enough score, if you have a high enough score, you could just go on the Canadian website, create an account, create a profile, and then they confirm what your score is. Every two weeks, Immigration Canada does what's called a draw. So they'll say, hey, this is the new minimum required score. If you have it, you're invited to apply. Mm. You go online, they give you a portal, you upload certain information, documents, you have 60 days to upload certain documents, and then you click submit, and then there's about four to six months of processing. Uh, you'll have to do things like medical exam, police background check. So it'll take you probably a, a month, month and a half to prepare everything. Right. But when our tools are finished, you'll be able to have that done ahead of time. Right. Uh, and are, which we'll are you thinking about it from like a here's all the standardized forms and here's all the information that's going to be universal across them all. And you're going to basically be able to say you put in your information once and then you're going to deploy that into the... So uh, applying for this, actually applying for it is all done online. Right. So you don't have to fill out any PDFs. Oh. Uh, the information you have to fill out is online. But a lot of the information and, and some of the supporting documentation is custom depending on your situation. Right. So instead of waiting to actually get invited to apply at that point when you get your custom portal from Immigration Canada, which can still be confusing, mm -hmm. you'll go through our portal, answer a few questions, and it'll tell you everything you need to have ready for you, your family, and whoever else. So that once you get invited to apply, not only do you have everything ready, but you don't have to think twice about trying to interpret Immigration Canada's website. Okay. So we're hoping that'll shave like a month or two off people's overall time span. We hope it'll make applications better because if you miss a certain instruction, send the wrong document, that can set back processing a month or two right. at a time. Hmm. It sounds very well thought out. Been thinking about it for a while. <laughs> yeah, so we've been working on it for about three months. Yeah, It's been in my head for six to seven different iterations sure. we started with another kind of idea pivoted a little bit but uh, this is what i believe in yeah. yeah i like it yeah i mean i i get to hear a lot of different startup ideas through my consulting and whatever mm -hmm. um and it's always interesting because there's there's so many areas that are super niche mm -hmm. and super inefficient I always get excited about the people that are like, oh, this is a fucking disaster. I can fix that. Yeah. Like, that little tiny nuance. But it seems like it's something that could, you know, it could be used universally as long as, you know, the, co the country has documentation and a score that you can get access to so you can understand it. Yeah. So a lot of countries have either already implemented a similar type of application or are slowly catching up. Yeah. So once we prove out the model, 
in Canada, you know, we take it, we go to country number two. So for example, some of the country, you know, New Zealand, Australia, France, Germany, Singapore, the list goes on of countries that have similar, very friendly, skilled worker targeted applications. Yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully in a few years, the U.S. will make the, you know, the H-1B will become a little more streamlined. You know, we, we don't really want to target lotteries because that's mm. you know we could help you as much as possible but if it's a flip of a coin then right. i don't know how much value we can add there what is an h1b so it's basically the equivalent in the u.s mm. sort of thing um but it's it's a lot of luck so right. in this like in this case if you have a high enough score you meet the requirements you prepare all the documents properly you have a very and you don't have you know a criminal background medical poor medical history there's a high chance you'll be approved right um we like to bank on those systems which a lot of countries are uh following along with sweet it's mm-hmm. exciting yeah so now we've got a product that's a very helpful useful product how what's your kind of plan how are you thinking about getting it out up to the world yeah so it's a great question. We're actually in planning right now, so this is a very timely discussion. Our thinking is is a few ways. Obviously, social is is a, an effective and relatively cheap way to do it. So, get the right accounts set up. Facebook, LinkedIn, are probably our first two for a few reasons. Yeah. Uh, number one, a lot of users. Number two, especially you know, highly like good targeting. So, especially because our demographic is to go even more specific for you, tech workers between the ages of 24 and 29 who have a postgraduate degree. Got it. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> LinkedIn can can help pretty well with that. Sure. Especially if you know, we're targeting a certain location. Uh, because those are the... So if you go through the calculator, you'll see based on the questions, like certain things give you more points, uh, right? And so, so I, and age is part of that, yeah. Age is part of that, sure. yeah. Any year you're older than 29, you're losing five points off your score, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Age is bastards. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you can still easily be approved, have a high enough score in your 30s, right. but you got to tick almost, you know, a lot of the other boxes. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and I mean, LinkedIn's ad platform has amazing capabilities mm-hmm. exactly like that. And Facebook, yeah. very similar. Facebook similar so so yeah ad, like targeted ads number one number two just a little more organic in, in terms of content uh, so you know blog posts creating a lot of value around this information right people are still very confused they don't know where to start so a lot of content in that regard uh, we're, we're trying to prepare some some really good articles and have them published in Indian uh, news you know sources where where there's a big readership of tech obviously. So we're working with uh, one of our partners has a good connection who he's worked with in India before who does PR there. Awesome, yeah. And uh, I think those are probably the big three right now, and maybe we'll discover a few more in, yeah. in this conversation. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and I think from uh, from the organic side, I don't know how popular LinkedIn is in India. I don't know if you have a sense of that. I've, I've never played in this space before, but I'd imagine that there's there's some traction there because I know I get a lot of DMs from there. Yeah, so a lot of the clients, like like I said, of the hundred or so I've worked with in the last two years, I've, probably about half of them, maybe even more, are Indian citizens. 
and I have most of them on LinkedIn. Yeah. So uh, I, I do keep an eye, and I mean, I like to add all my clients and connections and network on LinkedIn, but yep. a, a lot of them do seem to have it. In terms of usage compared to maybe North Americans, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the same. Right. But uh, still relevant. I, I think we have a good value prop in the sense that you know if if we can get in front of the right people and say hey we have free tools if you want to move here and get a job here i mean i get messages every week on linkedin from people most of them in or around india saying hey can you help me find a job in canada can you help me move to job title on there yeah yeah i bet yeah interesting yeah one thing that might work especially if you're creating a lot of practical content and i think what you could do is almost have a mini version of a lot of the tools that you have so that's like your entryway in like right. an article that walks through some of the things that they're going to use on the website anyway right hey you ever confused about this like this is how this part works this is how right. that part works and i bet you you could get a lot of success in linkedin groups posting in LinkedIn right. groups i mean posting on yours or the businesses is only going to is only going to be able to be seen by whoever you're connected with and then whoever kind of shares. And the nice thing with LinkedIn right now is if somebody comments or likes it, it shows up inside their network and it has a pretty booming organic reach. But one thing that we found really successful is finding the right groups on LinkedIn. And especially if it's not sales driven in a way that's like, hey, we're the answer to it. And this article only works if you if you actually hire us, right? right. So like real content marketing, like right. what are the what are the five things that people really need to know that are in that space? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we always ask permission from whoever the group owner is, say, hey, do you mind if we put that in there? Right. But I bet you you would find, yeah. you know, tech workers of India groups. There's gotta be something. Yeah, like I've, I've had some success with Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked too deep into LinkedIn. I found they haven't been as active in general, but I haven't done a deep dive, especially into just tech-focused ones. The ones I'm in are immigration, yeah. uh, just because of the nature of the work I've been doing for the last two years. Mm-hmm. So you can find Facebook groups for Express Entry, this PR program, oh, with yeah. hundreds of thousands of members. Ten, I'm in five right now. One yeah. of them has over 100,000. Now, I don't know how qualified those members are right. for the program, um, but a lot of groups there, I'll probably look at more tech-focused ones. The LinkedIn group's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't looked at the, at the the tech ones yet. Yeah. So that's a yeah, good I know, one. Yeah, I know for like the marketing and consulting ones, because we have a bit of a unique product offering, so I like mm-hmm. to just put out content in those in case someone's like, oh, you know what? I have a small client or someone I couldn't do work with because they were too small and mm-hmm. they could use some training instead of having a company do marketing for them. So I right. like I like the ability to kind of build the relationships with the agencies who might have to pass on something that might be a good fit for me. Absolutely. Just providing them value. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine you're going to be competing with immigration lawyers. Like They're not going to want to help you really. The lawyers themselves, yeah. I would imagine, not. Yeah, yeah, we're we're <laughs> disrupting their in shit. a way, you know, may, may replace them, not completely, mm-hmm. yeah. because we we will always offer the upsell of, you know, have your file reviewed or or have a professional do it for you, mm-hmm. but yeah, in a way, this could take away some of their business. So, but yeah, I I think really the key is the groups focused on tech specifically, maybe not even related to Canada, but right. if there's just you know tech group you know, Indian tech group of mm-hmm. Bangalore or maybe even city specific or right. 
or demographic specific yeah yeah one other thing and i suggested it i've actually been suggesting it to everyone because it's just so bloody effective right now is so you may not want to you may not have the budget or you may not have the money that you you don't maybe not want to spend the money on google Mm -hmm. right like right people that are looking that up because it's not known and I don't really, if I stumble across your website versus a straight up immigration lawyer's website, I might be confused, I might be hesitant, because I don't right. really know what this service is. And it's not that right. common, I would imagine. Yeah, so, so, so we're, we're definitely working hard on our landing page yep. because uh, that's the first thing. The calculator doesn't help if you don't know what it's for, or you yeah. might not even go through it if you don't know what it's for. So right. trying to make it very clear, however they come through us, whether right. it's a blog post, an ad, I think Google's actually a really good idea, especially because mm-hmm. of you could. I think you can be pretty high, highly targeted there, not just with the search terms, but but the the audience. Mm-hmm. So we want them to hit the landing page and be able to fully understand. Okay, this is what it's for. This is what it's going to tell me. And uh, hopefully that'll convince them to give it a try and, yeah. and follow follow into next yeah. steps. But the service that you're offering, this product that you're making, is very unique right now, right? Like there's very little. It's very other, unique, yeah. yeah. So there is no other one that I know of, especially that plans on going to the extent that ours is, right? right? So our plan isn't just to tell you your score. You can go on the Canadian website and get an estimate of your score. Right. It won't be that helpful because there's certain elements you probably won't have and if you don't have them it just says zero but for us it'll estimate based on what we probably think you'll have so and yeah other services are hey pay us and we'll do it for you or you know or you can go on YouTube and try and piece together a whole bunch of videos or blog posts well YouTube is a direction that I was gonna go actually from a paid standpoint so people that are looking for whatever search terms on Google, whether it be immigration lawyer or how to immigrate to Canada as a tech worker. Mm-hmm. You might have a Google ad for those long tail things. Like mm-hmm. anything like immigration lawyer Canada is gonna be an expensive keyword. Yeah. And then I don't know that you're gonna get that, tra- like you may get that click, but I think it's gonna be, people are gonna have a hard time connecting them and converting on the site right away mm-hmm. in, in the early stages with what you have. Right. But what you might have is like really long tail keywords, like how do I find out my score to immigrate right. to Canada? And then you then you're, you might be good to bid on those keywords. Right. But even if you're not buying Google ads directly from the search page, you might have a video on YouTube that explains what it is that you do. Yeah, yeah, I mean YouTube content in general. So you're talking about the blog post that kind of explains bits and pieces of the calculator, which I think is a great idea and we can just convert those into videos as well basically have everything in written and and video form yeah but even simpler than that so here's the actual ad that you could use to drive people to sign up with you right so i google search immigration lawyer or process to immigrate to canada as a tech worker whatever those keywords are there's probably a bunch of different variations of them Mm -hmm. you may not buy a google ad at this point but what you might buy is a youtube pre-roll ad What's a Based, YouTube pre-roll so, ad? <laughs> um, you ever go? You ever go on YouTube and then before your video, there's a video. Yeah. That. So That's you can, a pre-roll. You can okay. purchase that space. Right. And if somebody has searched for a particular thing on Google, the next time they go on YouTube because they're connected, your video can be the video wow. that shows up ahead of that. So if huh. I'm if I'm looking up process or how do I calculate my score to immigrate to Canada for tech, what whatever those keywords are, right? I say, hey, here's 30 different versions of that search 
So anytime somebody searches that, I'm not bidding on a Google spot, but the next time they go on YouTube, wow. I want my video to be like, hey, are you a, are you a tech worker like looking a, to immigrate to Canada? We have this thing. Geez. And you guys could literally make a commercial on that based yeah. on the Google search. Or it could be one of those like 45 second cartoon things that's, you know. You can play with it. Yeah. The nice thing with that is instead of Google, where if, if someone clicks on your Google ad, it's like six to $11 probably for immigration. Maybe a bit less, but it's going to be yeah, expensive. Yeah, depends on the term. It'll, especially if lawyers in in the in mm-hmm. the term. Yeah. Yeah, but um, with YouTube, based on that Google search, you might pay like two to five cents for someone to view that video. Two to five cents. Yeah, and then cool. you could have a okay. click through to the website from there. Hey, yeah. you interested in more? Click the button below, and then Absolutely. that can show up that way. Yeah, that's that's really good, and I, and I mean for for immigration in general, right? It, it's very mm-hmm. personal. I, I yeah. think a video. Maybe not a cartoon, maybe, yeah. you know. I don't think cartoon. Yeah, like I think it's like, I think like it's like us the sitting founder in front of saying like, hey, I'm an experienced immigration lawyer. Mm-hmm. I've worked really hard to create this free resource. It's really helpful. Get on board. Yeah. You can get people to the website with that. Because I know that Yeah, we, that's a great idea. Yeah, so I know that with what we do for our podcast. So people that are searching mm-hmm. for marketing ideas for whatever, our video, our YouTube video shows up. Hmm. And it's That's a, so these guys, Google's so smart that they can tie those two platforms together like can, that. You can start the video literally by saying, "Hey, are you looking to immigrate to Canada to, to work in tech?" Mm-hmm. I'm Josh. I mm-hmm. have this experience. You can check out our website. We made yeah. this thing. Like that, you could just tool. literally be a camera on your face, and that could be the whole fucking video. Yeah. Um, and you'll pay very little to test and play with that. Right. Because for me, the strategy should be getting people. To whether it's a blog article or the homepage, I don't give a shit. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter because once they've landed there, what you can put on your website is the Google Analytics code, mm-hmm. right? So what Google Analytics code, I've been on the website, I can now target you, whether you're searching on Google, whether you're on YouTube, or whether you're on a website that I can put a banner on. And banners right. aren't effective as new traffic. Like you see banners on Kijiji and you're like, I've right. never clicked that. Yeah. But if you've been to the site before and there's like a, hey, don't forget to fill out your app, you could mm-hmm. use them to bring people back. Right. I like them from a remarketing standpoint, not from right. like a new, right? Yeah. Banner ads for new traffic doesn't work. But yeah. if you've been on the site, it's a good pullback in. Mm-hmm. So I've landed on your website. I can now put you in front of people on a banner, on YouTube, or on Google. And you also use the Facebook tracking code. So Google tracking code and the Facebook tracking code. Mm-hmm. And the Facebook tracking code is called the Pixel. Mm-hmm. So you install that. It works the exact same way. It tracks who's on your pages, where they go, how long they stay. It tracks all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So now that gives you another layer. Now mm-hmm. you can give them content on Facebook or Instagram. Right. And whether that's a, a video or another blog article or whatever that thing is, if you get them to your website, you now can get a hold of them again on the Internet. Right. So I don't have to sign up for your email list. I can get you back on social media, right. which is super practical. Right? Absolutely. So it might be a blog, and then you got to like map it out. So the marketing is like the tricky part. But what I generally say is if you're promoting a, bl- a blog, say you put a blog on a LinkedIn group, and someone clicks to the website, and I see that they landed on the blog and they spent two minutes. Mm-hmm. That's a good amount of time. That means I stayed and I read that article. Those people might be primed for you to serve them another article on Facebook. Hey, here's the next step to that article. Right. So the Facebook pixel and the Google code can say, oh, these are the pages you went on. This is how long you spent. So people in that pool, right? So the thousand people that were on the page and spent more than two minutes, I want them to see the next article. Right. 
what you can do from right. that is so say I came and I spent two minutes on the article and then I clicked to the services page. So now I was on the blog and I'm like, hmm, this might we, actually be something for me. We want them to click the calculator. Like I, right. I guess the CTA would be right. try our calculator. Right. right. Yeah. But some people will want to get more information ahead of what right. is this calculator, right? right. So if I come, I come onto the blog and then I go to the homepage and I read about what this thing is, and maybe I don't start the calculator. You might give that person an ad that's, hey, try our free calculator. Because now you know that they've seen what it is and right. they just didn't pull the trigger. Right. Maybe they were on the subway and they had to get off their phone. Maybe they were at home and their kid was crying. They're like, shit, I got to go deal with that. Mm -hmm. They're not going to remember to come back on their own. Right. You have to remind them. Right. So I would trigger different messages based on what they've done on the website. If I went to three pages and spent eight minutes, I'm putting out a video on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube being like, hey, this is who we are. You've got to do this calculator now. Cause that's like a lot of intent. If I'm spending mm -hmm. that much time. Yeah. So the more, the longer that people stay on and the more pages that they go to, the more aggressive you can be with your messaging. Right. The, the less, right. you know, if I spent one minute on one page, cool. Maybe that person needs another article or another useful piece of content before I'm going to bother right. sending them a use this calculator now. Right. So I find the more interaction they have, the more time they spend, the more aggressive you can be with that messaging. Being like, right. Come get it. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, and it, it sounds to me like with the power of, of marketing online these days, like you could make some pretty robust plan and strategies. What would you recommend, like how far down that rabbit hole should we go for our first launch, right? Because yeah. yes, we could do all of that, yeah. but for like a first test, especially if it's something where we're looking to get good numbers in like, let's call it like a two to four week span to say, hey... Is this something we do want to go raise money for? Is this something we want to bootstrap? Or is this something we just want to say it's not worth it? Like how much of that, like how in-depth should we go with that? So I think the important thing to consider is what the actual buying cycle looks like. So a real estate agent who's like, oh, I'm going to put up an ad for four weeks. Like nobody's going to sign up with you to buy a house within four weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at different houses. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I might talk to you at week six after I've been on your site two or three times. Right. So without knowing that, I would say you probably have to run longer than four weeks to get an idea. Now, right. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people are really eager to fill out the thing and they're ready to go and you'll figure that out. Right. So the way I would monitor it is where are they coming? So is it is it an area of the website where there's an actual basically the calculator, we'll call that the call to action. Mm -hmm. So if they're going right there, what's the conversion rate? Right. If it's like more than 4%, then that's probably a good sign that whatever the thing you made is, is like ready to have people use it. Right. Um, but you might find that people come on and they're, maybe, you're, maybe your landing page copy sucks. Maybe they don't understand what the hell you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard in a four week window to really kind of gauge. Right. The way that I would do it is um, if you're, planning on kind of here's kind of a lower budget we've got a, we've got a decent amount of pieces of content so here's how I would do it I would do YouTube pre-roll ad based on the Google search and just see how much action you get from that once they're on the website I would have two to three remarketing pieces of content so one of them being here's another resource which is maybe like a longer form that kind of like makes them warmer to who you are, mm -hmm. um, maybe gives them some helpful information. Then I would have a like, don't miss out on this thing. Like this is, we're the next up and coming. Like 
like a kind of like giving them, making them feel the pressure of like shit. I got to jump on this now. Right. And then one piece of content that maybe is a testimonial. Now you might not have a testimonial for the platform, but you mm -hmm. might have a testimonial about you helping someone get to Canada, right? So either get someone to record something on their phone or just ask someone, hey, can I say that you would say this about me? Write the testimonial for them. They say, yeah, you know what? I agree with that. You can right. use that. So right. once they've come to the website, I would use Facebook or Facebook plus Instagram because they're the same ad platform mm -hmm. to just give a sequence of those three things. So one is like, hey, you're not that comfortable come check it out. One is, let's see, let's test the waters on how comfortable you are. I'm gonna ask you to come in and use the calculator. And then one piece of content that's, hey, you know, Josh has been really great. He helped me fulfill my dreams getting to Canada to work in this space. Right. And let those three messages sprinkle into that one person who's come to the website from the beginning. Right. So I would create those three pieces and just okay. let those three go out to them evenly. So the rule is, if I was on the website for more than 30 seconds, Serve them either this or this or this. Okay. Right? And then let them interact with all three. Get the video and you're like, well, I don't know about this. And then you're like, oh, but this guy really liked Josh. Oh, maybe mm -hmm. I'll check it out. So give that campaign. So YouTube pre-roll. And then the remarketing is blog article, a video asking them to sign up, and a testimonial as, as kind of one package. And let that run for like six weeks and then see who see what happens from there. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I would do it. And that can be something that's like really low budget to test. Like you could spend, I don't know how much the search volume is on Google for that stuff, but I would say you could probably spend like five to 600 bucks a month for two months and like get yeah. a decent feel of what it would be. Now, that's, is what, that's what we were looking to spend uh, on, on digital. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it fits, fits well. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, if you can create the content on the back end, which you can, because you're no, you're no stranger to the yeah. recording podcast space. Mm -hmm. So just like record your own stuff. You can write the blog. You probably have the blog content already. Pick your like most prime, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Right. Um, and then play with that. And then with the Facebook, yeah, so because Facebook ads, you need, um, for a remarketing ad, you would want a minimum of, uh, a minimum of like a hundred bucks per ad mm -hmm. and then the YouTube ad on the front end like a couple hundred there and that should give you like right. at least give you some ideas of how people are interacting like if the video on the YouTube is like a couple minutes long you might say shit people are watching 90 seconds of two minutes but then we're not getting them to click maybe we just need a stronger X right. Y or Z that's where right. the art comes in like it's hard to really say without yeah. looking at it and, and trying to figure out where people are dropping off like if you but you can like some things you can tell right so like I've I sent four, 300 people to my homepage and most of them bailed mm -hmm. even if they spent more than like 20-30 seconds and then nobody converted like people are confused about your homepage right so you kind of use a right. bit of common sense there right um, what are some of the conversion rates that we should be looking for in terms of like how much uh, or not just conversion rates I guess data that we should be looking for in terms of what what shows their interest like in terms of how long they're on a blog post how, how much of the video they watch uh, are there certain rates conversion rates we should look for in terms of how many that are converting from reading a blog post to clicking on the calculator 
how many that start the calculator to finishing the calculator, how many that finish actually enter their email, yeah. stuff like that. It's all super subjective. Right. And so for every industry, it's completely different, right? Like an e-commerce, an e-commerce brand that's selling a $50 watch versus an e-commerce brand that's selling a $500 watch, right. it's going to be dramatically different. Right. So it's like, what is the, what is the tolerance? How long is the survey? Is it, confu- you know, is it confusing? Is it like as well structured as it needs to be? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Um, so I think you, in the beginning stages, if anybody is taking action, that's going to be a good sign, right? Um, because often, when you're starting a new thing, you're so sucked into it, and having the user experience or answering the questions from the other side of the table without testing is like, oh no, but we we know that people will interact this way, and then the real life scenario is, we've right. got a guy who's you know 29 from India with a kid or two, and he can't sit there for an hour and a half straight and fill out the survey. Okay, maybe right. we need maybe we need to be able to start the survey and save it and then have them come back in and do it. And maybe there's an email sequence that's like, hey, don't forget to go finish that. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what all of them look like. Right. Maybe the survey is short enough that it's 30 minutes and people can go in and punch it out. And get it's to, super. It's like a yeah. minute. It's oh. like a minute, minute oh, and a half. Yeah, it's super that's short. That's good. Okay. It's like seven, seven different pages. Oh, then, then but you're they're one or two questions per. It's it's very short. Okay, so then I would say like. Of the people that... Probably one to two minutes on average, let's say. So if I was just pulling numbers out of my ass, which I'm going to, Mm -hmm. um, I would say of the people that come to the site, because it's a specific product slash service, and it's like, here's the one thing that we do, it's very specific, Mm -hmm. I would say look for about 4% conversion rate of, I came to your site as a new piece of traffic or a remarketed piece of traffic, 4% should go through the action. Got it. Probably more. Like 4% is like an from, e-commerce. From like a blog post or the like the landing page? I'd say if you look at the traffic encompassed into one thing. Okay. Right? Got it. Yeah. Because you, you, I don't care about people converting off the blog post. I care about capturing that person's information in the blog post. And that right. might not be a sign up for our newsletter. That might be just like I have their pixel and I've cookied them. And then I know I can send them a video being like, hey, you want to get to Canada now? come do this thing, right? right? If I know I can talk to them again and it's going to cost me seven cents to talk to them again, mm-hmm. I don't care if they go from my blog. And and one thing that a lot of companies do is they say, yeah, but I would like them from the blog to take that action and go through. And what they do is they make the content of that blog too much about you need to use the calculator. Right. They're pushing, they're pushing, they're right. selling. And now the, the article that you just gave me has less relevance. And I don't know if you've experienced this on websites before where you're oh, reading yeah. through and you're like, shit, this is going to be an awesome resource. And then as it's going through, you're like, oh, and make sure you use this feature of our software. And you're like, fuck, you're going to make me down. You're going to make me purchase the thing to make this relevant now. Like, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. I don't care anymore. So it has to be standalone. Right. It has to be, even if you never talk to us again, this is something helpful you can take out of it. Right. At the end of that, you can say, hey, we've also, we've created this tool and it's excellent and it will save you time if you want to take this next step, if right. you want to, not you right. have to take. Right. That's the key to content marketing. Right. It's saying, here's something that's completely unrelated to us that will help you. You could take this away and share it with your friends and we don't care if you ever come back. Mm-hmm. You have to serve content like that. Right. You can yeah, ask them afterwards. Sense. But but the the content that's gonna be the one that like someone comes on and they're like shit all my friends need to see this and I'm gonna share this out and you're gonna get a 
hundred users in the next couple of weeks is that piece where it's like this is groundbreaking. I didn't realize this, and mm -hmm. they're not forcing something down my throat. That's the content that's going to win out. Right. And that's how all of our content goes. It's like we did one. We did you know we do blog posts about hey if you're a rapper or a singer and you're trying to get your stuff noticed on Instagram more here's a, here's exactly how we run ads for our things mm. and it's step by step like it's behind the curtain shit mm -hmm. like it's step by step with screenshots all of our secrets and we know that some people will take that away and will never need us again because they're like this is great mm -hmm. but most of the people will try and be like i don't quite understand how it all works so i don't know how to read the results or go to the next level and then they call us to hire us right content marketing right so think about it like that yeah that that's a great approach probably to all content and, and i have a question that relates to the that approach, which is what, what I've been thinking a lot is right now you get to the end of our, of our calculator and it just tells you your score and then there's an option to opt in to get the free guide for the email address. I know some, a lot of other websites like will give you the calculator, exam, quiz, and they will ask for your email address before giving you the results. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the comparison between the two? The, the reason why I have it set up the way it is now is I hate those websites. Mm -hmm. So I go on a website, yeah, your stuff's free, but you're going to make me go through this whole questionnaire and then I need to give you my email in order to see the results. Yeah. Just from like a personal moral standpoint, I dislike that, so I didn't want to do that for Visto, mm -hmm. but I don't know if that's a good enough reason because obviously we're going to sacrifice some emails doing that. Yeah, and so. But I guess if we have the, if we if we have the trackers on them anyways, it doesn't matter so much. Yeah, I mean it does, but it does matter because I think. So here's my thought: if you position it in the right way, people are not going to have a problem giving you the email to get the score, because mm -hmm. the guidebook should come with it. Right. Like it sh it shouldn't be like a I, I would make the guidebook a non like. It's not an option. You need to you need to get it, and so here. So, you've provided value up front, and you aren't asking them for money. But my thinking yeah. is, we're not actually giving them much value until we give them the score. Right. So the way it's set up right now is, you finish it, mm -hmm. and then the very first line is, "Thanks for thanks for using blah blah blah. Your score is X. Right there. Boom. That was our promise. It's yep. a free calculator. We're going to tell you your score, mm -hmm. and then it says. Uh, if and then it's it tells you a little bit about how to in, interpret your score because if I tell you your score is right. 450 but you don't know anything else then and it's the useless and then the rest is if you want to learn more about the next steps how to increase your score and a free guide on something that's mm -hmm. not worth explaining here then enter your email address yeah. I mean look I agree with you I like the idea of giving it and then saying by the way I think you're gonna lose out on some of the financial pieces of the puzzle. Because having mm -hmm. that email is super valuable. It has a lot of long-term value. Having, mm -hmm. ha capturing them via a legitimate email is the answer, the unlock to the money. Right. No matter how you position it, yeah. having an email list is the most important thing. Yeah. So you may test it and see how many, but, but make, hmm. okay, this is what I think is fair. If you don't wanna get, if you don't wanna capture the email to get the score, that's fine. But you need to make the next sequence like this next part is is the thing that's going to actually accelerate this for you. You have to right. be really salesy with give us your email for the guidebook. Right. So like if you want to push this forward, if you want to get to the next steps, 
it's all written out in this guide here. I think you blah, have blah, blah, to. Blah. Yeah. Because if you, if you don't make people feel the pressure of, I need this thing to be successful, right. then they're always just going to take the data and run. Right. And, and here's the thing. Where, where I understand what you're saying. There's a frustration of like when people do that to me, I get mad. Mm-hmm. But if you, think about, if you think about the fact that the score is only one piece mm-hmm. and to genuinely give them the most value, you need them in that email sequence. It doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if some people are like, oh, well, now they're making me do this. If your intent is good, mm-hmm. and if the real long-term help of them doing this form is the guidebook, is your next sequence of emails, is your resources that you get only if you sign up, if that is genuinely the, the most valuable part, mm-hmm. then you need to force people through salesy right. kind of funnel. Yeah. And, and as long as your intentions are not to like, blow up their inbox and give, give no. away their information, all that stuff. No. If your intention is like, this genuinely is the next part and it's super important, the calculator was this mm-hmm. great little thing and it helps them know a little bit, but like this is really the unlock, you need to get their email. Yeah, so so it is, to answer part of that, it, it is like super important. The other thing is I would hope that because we are providing a lot of good value with good intentions, that they will see the value in that, right? It's like, oh, I, I didn't understand this process. Yeah. Now I understand it a little bit more. They've given me a little bit of helpful value. And like, if you go away from there, you could still have no idea what day it is, you know, or, or like what to do next. And so hopefully we've built up an, uh, enough trust. And the other thing is like the next stage of development is to build out our next tool. So I want the emails not so that we can run, you know, a whole bunch of follow-up email sequences, right. but so that when we finish our next tool, which will help them mm-hmm. navigate the whole application, yeah. we can let them know right away, and it's free. And I agree with you, but you may not be able to bank on people piecing that together themselves. Right, right. So I would test it the way you want in mm-hmm. an ideal world. I have a feeling that you need to package it saying, and you might, so what you may want to do is instead of being like, boom, here's your score, I would almost, for this is the way I would do it for now, without forcing an email, force a click. So it could be your score is ready and it could, the big button should be email me my score with a guidebook so I understand what the fuck is going on. And that's the big button. That's right? actually a good idea. If and we then can... underneath, no, please just give me the score. And that could be the littler one. So technically they can still just uh... get the score. But the big thing is you need this book because it helps you interpret the score and that, that's part of the deal. Give us your email. I think you get that, that as the big button and then just like a single line of copy underneath that's like, no thanks, I just want my score. And then right. you give them the option where some people would feel... That's you know, a great idea. Not just for the for what I think will be a better conversion rate, mm-hmm. but because they'll have a record of their score, yeah. right? Because as soon as they leave the page, unless they write it down or remember it, which is fine, mm-hmm. but I think that's a good... Uh, value prop is we'll send you your score too in the email yeah that's a really good idea with the guide and then then that way they're feeling like oh you know what this is a big important because here's the thing if i'm filling out this thing this is a big important process for my future for my livelihood for my family it's not like a it's not like a give us your email to get the next webinar it's like like it's serious business Mm -hmm. so i think i and i think that's the the compromise is make the button big being like yeah. Hey, get it and the book so we can teach you more about it. 
and we'll also keep you up to date with stuff that's going on. And then no, just get my score. Give them the ability to opt out, but make it more prevalent of opting in and make it I love more valuable. It. I love it. Yeah. That's a great idea. I hope the tech guys don't hate, hate me for wanting to make this change now <laughs> at, at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we have about two, two, three weeks until we're planning to start the campaign and, and advertise it to, let's call it like the market right now. It's mostly yeah. in, within our networks, people like you and, and just other people to get feedback from. Got it, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really like that. I, I think it I think it captures both goals of giving them, still giving them the option to yeah. take what they want for free and leave uh, and, and hopefully maximizing email conversion, not just to drain money from an email list because yep. we're not even charging them anything but to uh, mm. try and provide the most value yeah there it is <laughs> awesome that, yeah really helpful do you have any uh, kind of like my last question I guess a little more general is as someone who's worked with a lot of startups do you have any more general kind of marketing advice or, or approaches especially as someone coming from a non I mean I have experience working with startups but from the legal side which is very different from working within a startup yep. so any kind of general advice there marketing or even not so yeah I mean fo so here's a couple things I would say focus on one style of campaign like getting stuff from everywhere is great but making sure that you can track what's going on. So if you do a big mm -hmm. PR push, you need to make sure that like the link back to your website, you're using uh, like a, a link, trackable link, right. whether that's a UTM or you use a company like... Um, like Bitly or some Bitly of that stuff. Bitly is okay, but there's another one that I use and the name of it is not on the top of my brain. But you can create... So Bitly is okay. It's free program is fine. It's enterprise level is an outrageous price. It's like $8,000 a month. It's really oh fucked little, up. Little I, I, would never, I would never do it. But yeah. you can get other ones where it's like, um, it, it's a custom domain. Right. So you get a domain that's really similar to yours uh, and then make that slash couple letters as mm -hmm. the link to come back. Because from the Google Analytics standpoint, if you're doing PR and you're gonna try and get listed on Product Hunt and you're gonna go here and you're gonna go there, if you don't have those unique tracking things, you need yeah. to make sure you understand where every piece of traffic is coming from right. and how effective that is. Right. So do you, are you familiar with UTM, unique tracking? No. Okay, so all it is is um, an extension to your URL that is I, is using identifiers. Right. So when you do a Facebook right. ad or a Google ad or anything like that, it would be yourdomain.com slash, and then basically there's like, a, it's like, I think it's question mark equals, and then it's like one trigger. Right. So source, so it's like Facebook. I've seen those or a lot, news, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can see them when you click on most like newsletters on the internet, you can see the URL pop up, and yeah. then it kind of masks. Or even like an Amazon affiliate link, you'll see. It's that. Why is it seven times longer now? Yeah. Right, so from the Google Analytics standpoint, you're gonna set up who's come, how long have they stayed, who filled out a form, or who did what, right? You're mm -hmm. gonna track those conversions. So what you need to do is be able to take a step back right? Was it someone came directly from YouTube? Is it someone that came from a custom link that we sent out to the PR firm? Where, so right. how much traffic did it have? And then how many of those people converted? Right. Because 
especially when you're being scrappy and the budgets aren't big, if something works, you need to know what that thing is right away. Right. So that you can double or triple or quadruple down because you'll be testing different, you know, I want to get listed in Product Hunt or here or there. So Product Hunt has its own <clears throat> has its own URL or I sent it to this influencer or a blogger or a news outlet. Mm-hmm. So the link back to my site to that news outlet is a custom one that's like source was PR and news outlet, whatever, right. name. Right. So what, when you're on the analytics side, it's like, oh, 50 hits came in from PR slash this newsletter. Mm-hmm. But did anything happen? Did they right. come on the site for one second and leave? Did a bunch of them convert? So you're going to get traffic from all different angles, and you need to set up the, the parameters to make sure you understand what's happening with each of those components right. and what of those is actually converting. So that's right. one big thing, and it's, it's intricate, but if you've got a marketing guy already, he'll know what to do. But just make sure you've got those deep root... Mm-hmm. set it up from the beginning because right. it's a pain point to deal with later so I would say that um, and then I would say figure out how to get your like a well spoken attractive dude as the face of the company that's a huge mm-hmm. benefit it is it's, it's why I do the podcast because I'm like I know if my face is in front of people and people hear my ideas they're right. going to be more inclined to say yes right. so, so create as much content as humanly possible whether it's you could start a podcast and reach out to the hiring departments at some of the bigger tech firms of like, what are you seeing as trends in your industry? Like mm-hmm. interview them because those are the people that are going to want to latch on to what you're doing to potentially give you business later. Right. So have conversations with the people that you want to do business with by form of podcast or whatever that thing is and then use like either record it or take images from it and use that as your content. Mm-hmm. I think... And you, because you're already doing the podcast thing, it'd be very easy for you to just have another conversation with somebody. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Um, I think that and then using that, those conversations and, and, you know, the things that you can dissect out of those conversations, use those as the blog posts. Because the, the people that are leading the charge, that are in charge of hiring in those companies, those are the unlocks that the employees or the tech workers are going to want to know about. Mm-hmm. Oh, how are they thinking about this? Yeah. Where are they trying to find their employees from? What sources are they going through? Oh, shit, it's this, it's this business directory. i got to get my name on there. Mm-hmm. So you're providing endless value. Right. Similar to what I do is I provide value to other business owners who want to who businesses somewhat similar. And they're like, oh, I could use this idea for myself. And then it creates that attraction. It creates that relationship with them. Right. So the more content that you can put out, the better. And then you can use cheap methods like Facebook or YouTube to promote those things just to get eyeballs, build credibility. Because someone coming to the website, like there's so many SaaS products or so many startups. Like mm-hmm. And especially, I mean, e-commerce is the worst. You go and you're like, I don't know if I can trust this thing. Yeah. How do I know is if other people that are actual humans are saying that it's good. Right. Or I see that person who's a founder not hide behind an info ad or a contact form. I can see that person. They're visible. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can help feel I feel like they're more accountable. Right. Because I can see their face. Yeah. So I think that just getting your face and your team's face and the business's face out to as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Especially um, with immigration. It's such a personal mm-hmm. industry. So yeah. Yeah. So great those advice. Are two big two big pieces. Awesome. Cool. Thank you very much, Mike. This has been really helpful. Thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure. All right.